Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Angela Payton for Grace Through Faith Worship Center. And uh, we just want to welcome you to our Saturday intercessory prayer. I want to welcome you, and I am so happy that you decided to join us today, whether it's live right now or that you'll be uh, signing on a little bit later to listen to us and uh, so we and to engage with us as we go before the Lord in prayer. Amen. I don't care how dark it may seem, as long as we decide that we are going to stay focused on Jesus and focused on his word and focused on him, you know, Jesus is real. And I find it so interesting as as Christians, we have to continue to keep the fire in our relationship with the Lord. We have to continue to kindle the fire of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And it behooves us to do so. And I have been just contemplating and wondering why so many Christians are cold and callous. It's because their hearts are cold and callous to the things of God. They have allowed the world system to destroy the fire that's within them and the fire of the Holy Spirit and the fire of that relationship with Jesus. You know, as you begin to be a part of the Christian community, we see and hear a lot of things that, quite frankly, can be disconcerting in the community. But we have to learn how to walk in love, even when we are up against disagreements with one another. We're not always going to agree on the path, but that we need to agree that Jesus Christ is Lord and that there is no shadow of turning in him. Amen? And so I'm here to tell you today that God really, really wants us to walk in unity as believers. So many Christians um, find it and take it upon themselves to be in disunity. God is not in the spirit of strife, condemnation, things that will cause you to uh, be indifferent about what he's doing, but God wants us to be on the same page. And we should be loving Christians. We should be those who will forgive, love, and move on. And God calls us to a, a great work in him but we have to learn how to unite and love one another. So I just want to bring that to pass because I find so many things and what we've been going through lately um, as a body of believers that we just need to learn how to love one another. And the scripture says that if we don't learn how to love one another, then we cannot draw all men unto him. We cannot draw men unto him if we're not loving one another. If we're fighting and in strife and bickering, it doesn't matter what it may seem like or what it is. We can't walk in love with one another. Amen. So I just wanted to bring that up.
so that we're on the same page of what God wants. Not what we want, but what God wants. Amen. There's only one ministry, and it's the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one who died for your sins, carried him to the cross, and his work is finished. We are compelled by God to go forth, excuse me, and do the work of the ministry. And do the work of the ministry. And do the work of the ministry. Amen. Amen. So today, I'm going to go over some scriptures on healing. And we're going to just pray for healing today. We're going to pray for healing. And we're going to believe God. Let's go to Psalms 103. Two through five, it says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things?" so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness, and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Let's go to Jeremiah 17 and 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Isn't that something? God is our praise. Jeremiah 30 and 17, he says, For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is thine, no one seeks her. Hosanna 6 and 1, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. You know, God is a healer. You know, there are so many personalities in the Christian faith. 
and we're not going to call nobody out, but God is the one that's a healer. He is the one that is the healer. There's no personality that's a healer. And that's why God calls us to come to, the, come to his word and recognize and understand that he is the one that bore the stripes on, on his back. And that's important to, to, to find because I even, I even asked the Lord, he said people and personalities can be a hindrance to your faith. And believe in God and believe in the work that Jesus did. We don't need a mediator. He is the mediator. And if you're not careful following and running behind certain personalities, they can actually call you, cause you to be a hindrance to your faith. They can actually cause you to be, to, for, they can actually be a hindrance to your faith. Because if such and so pastor didn't say it, then you don't believe it? My question to you is, have you word, read the word for yourself? Have you asked God to come in and teach you himself? Yes, we have pastors, preachers, teachers, and ministers, but nobody can hail higher than the blood of Jesus and him and him alone. We need to be mindful of that and very cognizant of that and very careful of that. I know it's one minister that I really appreciate so much because out of all the ministers that we have come across over the last several years, actually the last several months, I can say that this, this, this man has the purity and heart to point people back to Jesus and say, look, it's all about Jesus. It's not about personalities, not about so-and-so's ministry. Um, and uh, and all of that, it's about pointing people back to Christ. And that's why I had certain problems about calling a certain ministry by name because I think that people so often they hear personalities like they're celebrities or something and they cause you to fail in your, fail in your faith because you're believing such and so said and so I can believe it? No, the scriptures are the ones that's an infallible word of God. It is pointing people back to Jesus. He is a real person. He's walked on this earth. He is the only one that bore the cross for you. He is the one that had the stripes on his back. No other person on this earth can claim that. And when you get two and three and third parties engaged in that, there's a mixture, almost um, just like a twistedness and a wickedness if you're not careful that you're not reading and studying the Bible for yourself, that you're not understanding and undergirding the Bible for yourself, and that you uh, understand that Jesus is the one who's the healer. Amen? People can point you to him, and I hope that they do, but some people are pointing you to their pocketbooks or pointing you to paying for their ministry needs and pointing you to whatever is the situation. And I'm not saying that uh, what I'm saying is be cognizant of that and be careful in your spirit. Are they driving you away from God or towards Jesus and that personal, sovereign relationship with the Lord? Are they driving you to, to uh, have a, uh, issues with the body of Christ? Uh-uh. You got to check yourself on that because if they're driving you away from what God has called uh, as holy, you know, there's always it's always good to have all kinds of types of, of, of ministries. I just believe God is creating them to bridge the gap 
But the main ministry that God has called and ordained that we see in the Bible, some of this other stuff you don't see in the Bible, okay? It is the church, period. He ain't called no other institution out but that one. And so when we want to, you know, have issues with his institution, you need to check yourself. Because I don't see anywhere from the beginning of the of Old Testament to the New Testament where God called any other organization to exist and that he put his hand on other than the church. And I just need to call that out because I've heard so many people say they don't do church. What in the world is that about? What do you mean you don't do church and you're a Christian? You need to check yourself. You really do. Because when you read scripture, he doesn't say anything about any other type of, of, uh, of ministry other than the ministry of the church. And yet I'm calling you out today because it needs to be said. Because if you're not careful, good intentional people will sway you from what God has ordained and put in his scripture. And if he hadn't talked about it, I would question it. If he hadn't thrown it out there, you better look alive. Because his scriptures don't change. Over time, he doesn't change. And if he ain't called it out, then you better be mindful of that and wonder what, what is going on and how cunning the enemy is with his, with his um, deceptive means of luring people, innocent people away from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So that came from the Holy Ghost because I wasn't going to go there, but it was just like it's just something that, that bothered me why some people say that they don't do church. I'm like, why you don't do church when God has ordained it from the beginning uh, and that's all he talks about in the New Testament. And he don't talk about any other types of things. I, I, they are helpful, but they don't, shouldn't trump. They shouldn't trump the church, okay? So that's, that being said, I'm, I'm just going there this morning. So one of the things the Lord laid on my heart is the believing that he healed you. He, he is a God that is holistic. He's not a God that... that uh, is going to leave out anything. So let's go back to some of the scriptures in Psalms 32 through 3. We're going to go there. You have your Bibles. It says, Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Oh, Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive. God has kept you alive that I should not go down to the pit. Amen. God is the healer. Jesus is the healer. He said he is the mediator. He said that we need not anyone else to teach us. Amen? So we just believe God. In Exodus 15:26, and it said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep at his statutes, I will put more of the disease on you which I have brought on Egypt, for I am the Lord who heals you. He, God said, look, I'm the one that heals you. I'm the one that's healing you. I'm the one that's putting you back together. I'm the one that's restoring you. I'm the one. I'm the one that died for you. I'm the one that loved you so much that I wouldn't allow the enemy to destroy your life. I'm the one who's here to help you. And there is no other. There is no other. In Jeremiah 33 and 6, he said, Behold, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Isaiah 58 and 8, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteous shall go before you. 
The glory of the Lord shall be your real God. Psalm 41 and 3, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. Proverbs 3, 7 through 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Amen. The Lord is saying, do not be wise in your own eyes. We are to fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Um, Psalms 30 and 2 says, O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. We have to understand that we have to want to have a personal relationship with the Lord. I know sometimes when you get so far into the relationship that you want to get a substitute, and that substitute substitute can be another ministry, um, and and we have to we have to figure out that that is not of God. He wants to be the one. He wants to be the main one in your life. No substitute. No substitutes. He is to be the main one and the only one. Another thing the Lord put on my heart is when we come to know the Lord, he requires us to have a chastened spirit. Meaning there is nobody else but him. There's nobody else but him. There's nobody else but him. And when we recognize that, then we can move forward with with the Lord. We recognize that it's only him. If we don't make it, because we haven't kept our eyes on Jesus. He don't want no middleman. God don't want somebody in between you and him. He just wants you and you alone. And when you can get to yourself and you're just praising and worshiping God and you feel his presence, and you feel the anointing, where else is there to go? You're at that place that God wants you to be. You're at that place. It's a a, a place that's sanctified and holy and acceptable unto the Lord. So whether that's just you and him, or it's two or three thousand people, or how many people there may be, you know that you have connected with the Almighty God and His presence is there. You know, I was surprised this week as I was at work and how God was just asking me to to bless people. And um, I didn't get into people about Jesus and this. I just befriended them and just let them know and just let them feel the love of the Lord. And I'll have my moment when I can share about Jesus. But the Lord was saying, you're making a pathway to introduce people to the Lord. And as people get comfortable with you and you begin to tell them about the Lord and Jesus and they get saved, you know, it's just an exponential 
manifestation of the things of God. And I think what we are lacking in this day and time is we're so distracted. I mean, you can wake up on Saturday morning and find 20,000 things to do in the nation capital, and none of them have to do with God. And I think that for me, it's just like, okay, I'm starting this prayer, and I, you know, I sent out notices letting people know that we haven't prayer, and and it's just people just they're just not responsive. And then what happens is sometimes people will say, well, it's the person. Well, no, because it's just about Jesus. It ain't about me. And so we can we can claim we can make claim to that, but then that gets into celebrity celebrity being a celebrity or not. <clears throat> you know, can I pull a crowd? I heard one minute say he don't know how to do it. And I'm thinking about it shouldn't have to be done. Because if you have a hunger and thirst for your in your heart for the Lord, and you have a hunger and thirst for Jesus, not being entertained, not tickling ears, you know what I mean? You are you are in it because you know that your life and breath and the reason why you wake up in the morning, hallelujah. The reason why you wake up in the morning, the reason why you're still here 30, 40, 50, 60, is that God has a purpose for your life to go out and reach those who don't know the Lord, to touch the heart of those who are sick and hurting and suffering under the hand of a ruthless devil, Satan. He he knows that his time is short, and he's interested in taking as many people with him as he can. But God said in his word that he has raised you up, raised us up to destroy the works of the enemy. And it's fine, interesting, is as you begin to look at the word destroy, it, it is something where you cannot put it back together again. It is something that can never recover. And the Lord wants us to destroy the works of the enemy. He wants them we he wants us to put it to naught. He wants that thing to never resurrect, never come back to anybody's life, whatever sickness they're dealing with, whatever illness they're dealing with. He wants he doesn't want it to come to naught. And 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 be in fruition. So what I'm saying to you is we need to have a heart after the Lord. We need to put our flesh in check. We need to allow the we need to allow the spirit of God to move in our hearts and in our minds and to remove all of our flesh and submit our lives to Jesus. Lord, we right now come and we surrender to you. We ask you, Lord God, and we believe in you, and we we come to you and say, Lord, we surrender, we surrender, we surrender. Lord, even when our actions have not been pure before you, our character, you're still working on us, Lord God. But, Father, as we remain obedient and pure before you, we acknowledge you, Lord God, that we see you as all, and we want to be full of you. We want to be full of you. We speak I speak to every spirit I speak to every religious demon that wants to 
pretend it's doing the work of the Lord, even doing signs and wonders, but don't have the true essence of God's heart. I think the the closest person that I've seen or heard so far, and we've, we've been over the last year, God's been schooling me and my husband over just many, many ministries, and we've listened to many, many ministries, but there's only one so far that I have recognized that really is pushing the heart of the king, and that's Todd's. Todd White Ministries. I ain't calling no other names, but his ministry alone, he is setting a standard where he sees through all of this stuff. He is not a neighbor. He he just has the heart of God, and he is such a humbled man. And just listening to him warms my heart because I know that is where God wants us all to be in ministry. And he'll call, he's called ministries out, not by name, but he's just letting you know, look, if you, if you see this and this and this, this is probably what's going on. Because God, man, man is always going to exalt man. But there's few ministries that really go after and exalt God. You know, and, and I mean, not few ministries, but there's some ministries that's out there just not exalting God, not all of them. There's some that's doing what God has called them to do. But I just wanted to call that one out because if you're on the path when you're saying, Lord, I've been in this relationship with you and it's dry and it's not going anywhere, I would just admonish you to go back and listen to that man. There's some phenomenal things that he says that's so basic to our relationship with Jesus that if we would do those basic things, we would move further in our relationship with the Lord and then ultimately have more impact on humanity. Because if we're still living and breathing on this side of town, on this side, there's work that God will have you to do. There's there's people that he wants you to minister to, to touch, to show forth his love. But first, we got to get out of the flesh. So many religious people, they spend till they, they enter the doing thing. And you can be busy but not doing what God has truly called you to do. And until you settle down in your spirit and allow the Lord to speak to you, then it's fruitless. It's just fruitless work. It's fruitless work, and it won't multiply. And the Lord was teaching me, he said, now sometimes you get a plant and a seed, and it'll start to grow, but it's stunted in its growth. It's just some things that's just not working. It's not, you know, it's just not going to work right. Because you're not completely sold out to Jesus. You're not you're not completely sold out. Because when you get to the place where you're sold out, you say, Lord, you can have my car, you can have my house, you can have everything that I own, including me, Lord God. Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to be? I think that's the beginning place of finding Jesus and finding that true peace in your heart towards what he wants you to do. But when we decide that we're going to play religion, you know, pretend we're doing what God calls us to do, you know, that was Saul's problem. Saul pretended and even told himself he was doing what what God called him to do. But no one believed that, and and it was one of these things that he had, he, he, he lost his anointing. There was no anointing on what he was doing because it wasn't genuine. And I just believe that 
the preachers and ministers that God that God is calling out now, He's calling out for sincerity, for sold out, genuine selling out yourself to God. Because when people are around you, if they can feel the presence and the and the awesomeness of God, then it's easy. But if they come up against you and all they see and feel is flesh, then you have some work to do. You really do. And so, Father, we just repent of this this strangling spirit of religion. Religious with, with religious spirits will make you think that they are pastoring, they're ministering, they're teaching, and doing all this stuff. But when there's no fruit, or if there is fruit, it doesn't remain, or if it it does remain, it's twisted. Or if if you if you seeing some success, you think you're doing well, but you have to understand from the heart of God, there is a right way that He will just flourish His presence. You want His anointing to fill the room and remain, and we want to walk in our relationship with the Lord so that it is full of His presence, full of His presence, full of His presence. When he comes in the room and is full of his presence, full of his presence, he will draw all men unto him. He's not going to be drawing men unto this particular personality, that particular personality. He's going to draw all men unto him. And we have to understand it. So, Lord, we repent. We repent of our wicked ways, of twisted ways, of of, of things that we, we just feel like, you know, we we need to do some things that just, you know, God's just not pleased with. He's never going to be pleased with it. And you haven't listened to what he's trying to tell you to do. Because you got too much flesh in the way. Too much in you, too much of pride. And God don't work through pride. He works through somebody that's sincerely humiliated, humbled before him and say, look, I will give up whatever I have to give up to follow you, but I need you. I need to feel the peace of God in my spirit, man. I don't want to play games with you, Lord. What is it that you want me to do, Lord? And when you get serious before the Lord, I believe things will happen. I don't believe it's the outside, working the outside to make something on the inside change. I believe it's honestly from the inside. When your inside is different, your whole you'll change your whole environment. I walk in I walk in my office and I can really see the spirit of God and the presence of God just by me opening my mouth and encouraging someone. Not spouting off and and um, picking at them and finding some fault with them. And you can, because there's many things you can just look at somebody and say, hey, you know, you got lit in your head, you got this going on. See, when you start carrying on like that, you invited all the demons to come in your household or to come in your workplace. And it's just your flesh. What you have to say, Lord, my mouth is going to be used to bless and not curse. Jesus, if we get that, 
Then you add number one. My mouth is to be used to bless all day long and not curse. I can find, your flesh will always find something to to uh, be hateful about, to be irritable about, to put people down. You're still in the flesh. And quite frankly, the enemy, the enemy is the only one that's getting the last laugh. He's the only one that uh is 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 making uh headway into inroads into your life and if you refuse to change there used to be this lady at the church at 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 the old church and she was like that and she didn't realize that she was like that and said that she couldn't change where well, she she had that with a short lifespan cuz she was really bad it was really bad and i just felt that she was was my personal thing i feel like some of what she was demonized and that she was just not a nice person, but they allowed her to be like that. And, and it was just destructive, and it didn't go well for her. And, and, and you know, you, you feel for people like that, but then you say, hey, you have authority over your own mouth. You can use your mouth to bless or you can use your mouth to curse. And if you just choose to continue to use your mouth to, to, to curse, then how can God really bless you? And that's with everybody. It's a 360 thing. You can't say, I'm going to bless everybody outside my household, but when I come home, I'm going just, to just have issues with things. You, you're tripping yourself up. You're tripping yourself up, and, and things can't go well because you're one person on the outside and the inside you're something else. And God is just calling you out. And you may not like that, but that's, that's the way God does. He's trying to discipline you in such a matter. And that's why sometimes God won't give us a lot of people and put people in it. We put us in authority over people, not God. I mean, sometimes we can, because He's not wanting for you to to do that to people when you still need to work on your love wall. Okay, there's a time to correct folks and and do all that, but when it's a when it's your when it is a habit, there's a problem. When there's a hab when it's habitual. There's a real problem, and we just need to deal with it. Lord, we just thank you that you will deal with attitudes that are not like you and that we want to bless and love on all people all the time, our sisters, our brothers. You know, I had a a cousin, a, a, a relative, that was just not doing right. But instead of being nasty and calling him out or her out, I I dealt with it in such a way that I felt would be honorable. And that's what we must do. We can't get trifling with our own flesh or with people who are closest to us because it's just not going well. We shouldn't bang our heads and wonder why things aren't better or things aren't different. Well, you created this hornet's nest, and it's, and the only way to undo it is to is to let your flesh die and let God live and let him change your whole entire personality. Yes, he can. And when he does, you'll be grateful for it. You'll be a better person for it. God is a God of love and compassion, and if that does not flow through your heart for anybody and everybody, including the people that's closest to you, you have an issue you need to deal with them. And you're gonna stunt your ministry because people are not people are drawn to love. They're not drawn to anything else. Even if you were to try to correct them, if they know you're correcting them in love, 
And that means you have to have a relationship with them, that an intimacy with them, so that when you are correcting, they already know she doing this or he doing that because he has my back. They're not going to be defensive about it because they're going to be listening to you because they know that you seriously have their back. That's something you have to develop in that other individual. They have to tell you, I feel that way, not you tell them. So God is just saying to us today is that, you know, we have our own personal walk with the Lord, but the closer you are with him, the more he's pouring in his spirit, the more you begin to see the manifestation of the Holy Ghost and not the manifestation of you. A lot of us see the manifestation of their flesh. And God will use anybody. But we just don't want to be used by God. We want to be led by God. We want to be in an intimate relationship with Him. It's a difference. You know, I was wondering, I said, wow, these people got these healing ministries and this. And the Lord was saying, yeah, it's just like a tool that you have and the gifts are without repentance. But God, <clears throat> but God was telling me, how much more would it be if it flowed out of relationship? If the power of healing flowed out of relationship with God. And that's where I am with the Lord. That's where we all need to be with the Lord. But that's where the Lord said, I need you to flow out of relationship. I don't need you to be flowing out of anything other than that. I need you to have compassion on these people. I need you to feel what I feel. I need you to to love these people in spite of. I don't need you to cringe when you see sin because you know sin is entrapment and has entrapped so many people. I don't want you to hate the sinner. You can not like the sin, but we are to destroy the work of the enemy. We are to destroy that, and we need to take our rightful place. We need to love unconditionally. Some people are just going to love us, and it's going to be one way. But if we're really going to battle this thing and win the war, we need to really understand that it's within, then without. And our flesh always wants to be busy, busy just doing stuff. You can live your whole life being a busy brat. But when you settle down and you say, Lord, I'm spending time with you, I am here on the altar on my knees today in intercessory prayer, Calling out to you, Lord, asking you to forgive me for my sins, reaching down in my heart and cleansing my heart from all unrighteousness, giving me the character that I need, Lord God, 
to sustain a ministry and to minister to your people, to be a better person, that's what I want to be, to be a better man and a better woman for you. I don't want to play games. I don't want to just have all these issues, Lord God, deal with my character. And so, Lord, we just come to you right now. We just pray and ask you to help us, Lord God. We don't want to be busy bees that are fruitless. We don't want to see your anointing but can't really touch it or have it to flourish because we have personal issues in our life that would probably destroy us if you gave us the mantle that you desire to give us. So you're waiting on us. So you're encouraging us to wait on you. Help us to be still, O Lord, in our hearts. Things that annoy us and causing us Problems, Father, let us just deal with those things. Let us be healed from the solical realm. Where we've had soul issues, Lord, just heal our hearts. Heal our minds, Lord God, where we're not thinking correctly. Or even thinking at all. Heal our attitudes, Lord God, when we don't want to do right, Lord. When we don't want to pay a bill on time. When we want to be neglectful neglectful about just the everyday things, Lord God. Excuse us for that. You're building character, Lord God. You're building character. We don't we don't want to we we're not gonna miss any steps. You're not gonna let us skip any steps, Lord God. Build us up from the inside out. Let us see what it does when we don't do certain things. Give us the eyes to see when we don't come through, Lord God. What it what it does to other people when we shrug other people the wrong way, when we blow people off, when we don't do what you've required us to do, when we don't do be tenacious about small things and be consistent with it. You're trying to build character us and we we we're not wanting to build character but yet we want ministry. Lord, let us know that the character is our ministry. When people can look at us and say that I can depend on you, that is ministry. When someone can say, I know they would never say that, that is ministry. When people can see a consistency in your lifestyle that you're dependable, that I can depend on you to pay certain things on time, that I can depend on you to 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 be there and have the doors open up that I can depend on you to have things clean and in order when I can depend on you to to do just just everyday mundane things Lord help us to see help us to see that that is the greater Help us to grow in you, building character, building stamina. It's from the inside out. And until you deal with your inside, 
Nothing on the outside is going to really matter. It's just going to be kind of unstable. It doesn't take long long for God to move, but it it takes a while for us to see that God is a God that will not allow us, and I thank the Lord for that, will not allow us to self-destruct. So instead of doing that, he just pulls you back. Won't allow you to be, to go but so far until we deal with some things that can cause some catastrophic destructions in your life. And so God is saying, I'm dealing with your heart. I'm dealing with your character. I'm dealing with that first. And when I deal with that first, then the anointing can flow. Then the anointing will remain. Then the people will come. Then the people will be touched. Then the people will flourish and the fruit shall remain. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. I thank you for your gentle rebuke and discipline and the way that you do it because you're a faithful God. And and ultimately, you do love us. Where some people will have you out on a limb or on a cliff and watch you fail you are helping Christians who are desirous to really learn and grow in their faith with you. You know, some people you ask and they haven't even read their Bible or have no desire to read the Bible. And they want to be giants in Jesus. Well, I would suggest if you don't want to be a giant in Jesus that you would humble yourself and, and be a, a a person of his word. And not only reading his word, but doing his word. And being a person of integrity. When it's, when it's not going to be um, um, popular to do so. So, Lord, touch our hearts. Touch our hearts in a, in a mighty way and allow us, Lord God, to, to we're allowing you to discipline us to mold us and to shape us, Lord God, and to allow us to be the person that you would want us to be. And, Lord, we can't be concerned about what other folks are doing because that's their journey. But you have our journey, and it's different. And you're looking for the way you want to mold us, and we're okay with that. We're okay with that. So, Lord, touch our hearts, mold our spirits. We ask for forgiveness. We don't want to go around this mountain 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, and not learn some basic lessons that you have required us to be. And to do. They may not be our next door neighbor's lessons, but they're our lessons. And you want us to get them. You have gotten us to a place where you just want us. You don't want us to skip any steps. You don't want us to skip any steps. 
Hallelujah. You know, some of us have been running from Jesus ever since we accepted the Lord. We have not been obedient. God say left, you say right. God say right, you say left. You know, Saul had that problem. And he didn't finish well. He was more concerned about what people thought. And God couldn't use him. Let that not be said of us. It may cost you something. But whatever it costs you is well worth it. Because what you're going to come out is, you're going to come out pure as gold. You're going to come out at a place where God can trust you. He can trust you with his jewels, with his precious people, and he's not going to have to think twice. He's going to, he's going to know that under pressure, you will fast. Under pressure, instead of doing more things, you're going to get it along with him. Under pressure, you're going to spend time in, in his word and in prayer. You're not going to be hasty. You're not going to make bad decisions because you're not going to be a hasty person. And when you need to make adjustments, we all make mistakes. You're quick to, to, make, to, to, to change what God is calling you to change. And we're all learning in our character growth with the Lord. That's why some people, it's really quick, some folks it takes forever and some folks quite frankly they never get it but it showed me as I began to really recognize what God was just doing in my own personal life is at the end of the day being obedient it's all about what you decide to be obedient with obedience is going to come from you it ain't going to come from your neighbor the bishop, pastor, no, it's it's God, it's between you and God, your obedience walk. But once you decide you're going to be obedient, no matter how much your flesh wants to scream and holler, you're going to be at peace because you're going to be at the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And there's a peace in that in that area within the Holy Spirit within God that you know that you know that you know that you're at the right place with the right people at the right time with the with the God's anointing and you're not constantly refactoring. There's a momentum that is 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 being planted and transformed. And there's a settledness to it. It's not this uneasy, I still don't know. When you just, it, it, there's something going on there. And so God is just saying for us to settle down and be mature Christians in Christ. And a lot of times that is just doing the basic things that God has called you and required you to do. You know, like read your word. Like allow the word to change your heart. 
Like stop being carnal just because it's convenient. You know, Paul speaks about that. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want the enemy to come into your ear gate and your eye gate? Just because it's convenient. You know, those are little things that we do, and and the enemy and God's not pleased with it. And we wonder why we don't feel that manifest the presence of the Lord. You hadn't paid the price for it. You hadn't paid the price. The level of anointing that God is requiring for us, there's a price to be paid. And until you're willing to pay the price, you can't get it. So why bother? Why why go after it? Because you're not willing to pay the price. There's a price price to be paid for for not only the manifestation of the gifts, but for those for, for those gifts to flow and to sustain and for people to feel the presence of God. You know, there's ministers I've seen, I could just walk past them and I felt like I was going to fall out. There's a price to be paid for that kind of anointing. And and, and, and what I'm saying to, to, to the audience today, are you willing to really pay that price? Or are we just spending time? Wasting time. God wants us to be fruitful. Fruitful men and women of God. So I'm just going to close out in prayer. It's almost close to 11. But that's where God wants to be parked. How fruitful do you want to be? You have a choice in the matter. And the enemy can always say, well, you know, today I act nasty um, to my friends, co-workers, wife, husband, but tomorrow I'm going to straighten out. You know what? You just took yourself back two years or a year. See, the enemy is slick. He'll take you back and make you think, well, I can make up time. No, it don't work like that. You lose time. Because you have to go back and restore what you let the enemy steal. And so what I'm saying to us, let us be holy in thought and conversation. And whatever cost, that minor cost or inconvenience it may cost you is well worth it. Because if you're in a season where people can feel the love of Jesus, you can move mountains. You will raise the dead. You will see people recover, and the enemy will be scared to even come near them. But I just believe in my heart, and this is Angela, Angela's uh, prophetic, uh, call it what you want, but I believe some of the reasons why some people just don't maintain whatever God has given them is because they decide they want to mix it. They want to be holy one minute and and sin the next. And God is not a, uh, in, into wicked stuff. He's not into twisted behaviors and stuff. You just got to go all the way with the Lord. And the question would be, why wouldn't you? It's because the enemy is tricking tricking us Christians into waffling Christians, waffles, in the spirit one minute, looking at 
uh, crazy stuff on TV the next or listening to stuff that would just 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 takes your heart back to carnality. God ain't called us to carnality. And if we want to be women and men of God who are not mixed up and twisted, we need to find our way back not only to the altar of God, but to what I call holiness, on which God says we will not see him. And a lot of people are not, frankly, seeing God. You can see a sign, you can see a wonder, you can see a gift. See, the gifts operate without any, it is operating. So for you to operate ain't no big deal. But when you want to operate in relationship with the Lord, see, Jesus was in relationship. I don't do nothing my own here, my father do, I don't do Say nothing I don't hear my father say. He was in he was talking about relationship. <clears throat> he wasn't just talking about just get going around just being a a, a a wizard, going around doing signs one is just with a just like a wand just waffling around. He was strategic about where he went. He 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 only did what God told him to do. And when he had issue with what God told him to do, he he quickly humbled himself and said, but not my will, Lord, your will be done. And so, Lord, we just close out in prayer today and we say, Lord, not our will, but your will be done. Your will be done. Your will, your will be done. Your will be done. Lord, lead us to holiness so that we can see you, so that we can feel you, and so that other people can see and feel the presence of the Almighty God when we step in the room. They won't see our attitude, our agitation, our frustration. And, Lord, we don't want to make an excuse for that behavior because it has nothing to do with Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.